Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. I am not your host, Logan Stump, and with me today is not your buddy, not my buddy. He's everybody's buddy. He's Matt Hartgrove. It's ironic because you dressed up as Buddy the Elf in 2013, <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, those were the that days. was a different video. That was like a cool little uh, countdown. Yeah, I have so, no idea what I did. <laughs> I clicked the wrong one. It's not that. It's like the other one that we use sometimes that like have like random. When we have random people on on state side, it's like the one we use. So Jordan will be thrilled <laughs> with the quality of production of this episode. But uh, for those that haven't noticed, uh, Jordan Wiegand, our host, our faithful host. I don't know where he is, Matt. I think we've tied him up somewhere. Um, we've decided Work. to take over. That's what. Oh. Yeah, same thing. Um, I think we decided. Sorry, you were making a joke, and I was. Jordan, calm down. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that he's going to hate every second, every minute that he listens to this. I'm not even sure he'll listen to it. Um, I even think if he he'll edits, love it. I think he will, too, because we're going to talk a lot about Manchester United when we get there. Um, but, Matt, how are you doing? Everything going well? I know you weren't on the show last week. We missed not having you around, but now we got rid of the other hosts. So now it's just down to two again. Yeah, it's kind of like we're doing a host hunger games, you know. Just uh, get rid of one of us a week. Uh, I won't be here next week. So, right, you're just we're just plucking people off. It's just a random category. Uh, I think we'll just have Rich on next week. Yeah, doing good, doing good. You know, just uh, traveling a lot. So, a busy, busy couple of months. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess it's exciting stuff. Nothing bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy to be back in the great state of Florida, though. Yeah, for the time being, before you head out to... I I was gone from the 9th to the 20th. I saw sunlight when we were in Florida on the 9th. That's important. And I didn't see sunlight again until Monday the 18th. That is wild. Or Sunday. <laughs> I think Sunday. No, Sunday. The day after uh, the day after Darren's wedding, when we went back from Maryland to Virginia, it was yeah. sunny that day. You know how cl- it is? Cloudy up north. Jordan and I were talking about that. He was like, Matt's probably hating the weather right now because he it is brutal. <laughs> I was like, that's um, oddly enough, like temperature wise, it was fine. No. I actually I don't mind 60, 70. I have a lot of clothes. Um, I like sweaters, I like long yeah. sleeve shirts. But I the there was no sunlight, man. You gotta have the vitamin it was, D. It got it was, I feel like you're playing in England though, I guess. Yeah, like it's weird because you don't even realize. Like, I guess maybe I we live in Florida, so it's like you don't even think about the sun. It's just like, oh, there it is, you know. Yeah, actually, looks like it's gonna rain. (laughs) It's raining all day. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, you know, excited to be back. Exciting to go to California next week, actually. It's going to be sunny and like 70. Going to go see the Avengers land. I'll take photos for you guys. Yeah, please do. Uh, Along with, you can present all that stuff to Jordan because he's got uh, 96 podcasts. And I think one of them is Marvel, I believe. Hello, cat. Um, Fine, I won't send you anything. You can send me all sorts of stuff. I'm not for it. No, Logan doesn't. Logan doesn't want anything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> He's going to hate how much we just keep talking. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jordan, when you're editing this, we are sorry. But are we? Um, no, we uh, we have a good time here, and it's always fun to catch back up with Matt because Matt will be in and out for the next month or so, it seems. Um, you're so busy. But uh, I think yeah. we should probably talk about Premier League because I think that's why no. most people are here. Otherwise, people are just really confused and stumble across this podcast about us talking about I- I think the Miami Dolphins need to look into. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brian Flores will be the next coach of Manchester United. He doesn't listen. I'm. I'm probably. He probably doesn't listen. I don't think so. But anyway, <laughs> uh, onward and upward, I guess, or onward forward. That's uh, I would say. This Matt is banging on God knows what. Um, My dog. Oh. So anyway, uh, we started off uh, the the match day nine. Gosh, it's already match day nine. Wow. All right. Anyway, we talk um, match day nine, Friday, October 22nd. Arsenal beat Aston Villa 3-1. Matt, anything to really say on Arsenal? It looks like they've pulled out a win here. I mean, it's about time they do um, sit. Anything impressive about Arsenal lately? No, um, nothing really impressive about Arsenal. I think Villa are a bit of a, bit of a, you know, I, Somebody mentioned it on Twitter, that uh, Liverpool fan, wondering if Villa is going through Luis Suarez syndrome. And what that entails was Liverpool sold Luis Suarez for tons of tons of money. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers blew it all on crap. Um, it was one of those, uh, sometimes it is quantity or uh, quality over quantity. <laughs> um, and Villa seemed to be struggling with that. Grealish, I don't think Grealish is playing great for City compared to what he did for Villa, but that's a whole other issue, mm-hmm. I think, when, in terms of systems. But Villa are definitely struggling with not having him because he was their system. He was Aston Villa. And, uh, yeah, I, honestly, Arsenal, they're a mid-table team. They were excited to draw Crystal Palace um, the previous week. They're, they're a classic mid-table team right now, but Villa, disappointed. Um, I think all of us thought Villa would be fighting for some sort of European competition. And honestly, this year, it looks like they're just going to be fighting for top 10. Um, not to say they can't turn it around, but I, they're just, they're not as good as last year or maybe last year they, they overperformed and this is what they were uh, truly. So it's, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch them, but the game itself wasn't, wasn't too thrilling. Um, I watched it. It, Arsenal clearly can cut open inferior teams mm-hmm. uh, or Tottenham. Uh, they just, they like ball Tottenham, yeah. but Arsenal, both of these teams are, they're borderline top 10. Uh, there's not really anything else to, to go over with them. Yeah. So September 11th was, uh, My birthday. Or, sorry, sorry, not September 11th. It was before September 11th. Uh, it was August 28th against Manchester City was the last time that they have lost a game. They haven't lost since a lot of draws, um, just not a lot of scoring. And then it's weird. Like they've scored, they scored three against Tottenham. They grabbed mm-hmm. uh, three against a Villa team that, you know, like you said, to fighting for that 10th spot or up in the top 10 somewhere. 
Um, Crystal Palace too. I thought they were serviceable against, but again, like you said, I, I don't. Nothing stands out to me with this Arsenal club except the fact that there's a lot of pieces that they just don't know what to do with them. Um, I, I think we'll go. I hate saying it, but there's like majority of the teams in the Premier League. I think we have mm-hmm. very, I think have very similar issues. You don't know what to make of them. Yeah. And even <laughs> looking at the t- even looking at the table right now, fifth and below. Mm-hmm. It it there's a lot of red in terms of goal differential. There's mm-hmm. teams are scoring at the same rate they're giving up goals. I mean, obviously that's what goal differential is, but every team is consistent in it. They're either low scoring but also solid defense, or they're high scoring and bad defense. Yeah. Um, and you can honestly look at the table and between fifth place to pretty much fifth place down to about 16th when you hit Southampton. That's when mm-hmm. you see like pretty drastic changes. I, I don't think any of those teams are really showing anything capable of good, but they're not yeah. really playing bad. I guess I it, it'll be interesting. I, I do think this last season was a a lot of teams making big leaps that we thought, mm-hmm. and you saw a lot of competition at the top this season. I don't think there's a lot of competition really at the top. Mm-hmm. I just think you're seeing who can. Who can finish in the top 10, but you could finish seventh or you could finish 17th, really. And it, it, it's almost like it wouldn't shock anybody at this point. Yeah. Speaking of good attack and really atrocious defense, Chelsea on Saturday, October 23rd, beat in Norwich 7 to nil. Mason Mount, <laughs> eighth minute. Mason Mount again in 85th penalty. 90 plus one uh, in stoppage time. Mason Mount gets the hat trick. Uh, Hudson Adoy scored the 18th minute. Reese James the 42nd minute. Ben Chilwell the 57th minute. And I think they start running out of places they can put goals. Uh, but there was a Max Aaron's own goal. At least a Norwich player did score, um, just not for the right team. 21 uh, goal differential, negative 21 goal differential, Matt. Only two goals they've <laughs> scored, 23 they've allowed. Is there uh, any chance that Norwich gets up off the 20th spot? Uh, it doesn't look like no. it. <laughs> God, no. no. I I started watch, so I started watching this game because I, yeah. I work at 7 a.m. On, on Saturdays and Sundays. Yay. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. You know, it's the only game on. And I think I stopped watching after the second goal. And I was like, I'm going to watch YouTube until 10 o'clock. Because <laughs> I, I just was like, I, you know, I didn't need to watch any more of it because mm-hmm. – I personally, I didn't think Norwich had much of a chance anyway, but I was like, maybe they'll have a freak result. They're bad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think you can really take anything of it from the Chelsea side and go, wow, we're going to start scoring goals at a quicker pace because Norwich are that bad. Um, you know, they haven't performed against any of the top teams. They're just going to get destroyed. But Norwich wise, they're minus 21 goal differential. Yeah. That I, I know I said there's a lot of consistency. They are the one inconsistency. <laughs> they are. I argue it, I guess. They're, they're for very as good, sucking. <laughs> for as good as Chelsea, Liverpool, and City are right now, yeah. that is the exact opposite yeah. of Norwich. And it, they're, it's done. They are, they're down. I, I, just relegate them now. Save right. us some time. I was going to say, there's got to be some kind of rule, like a mercy rule. Once you start getting pounded in like this, they should bring like Fulham back just because Fulham, you know, just bring them all the way back up or have like a no, filler gosh. team play. I thought that was funny when I sent you guys the the top three in the championship yeah. or 
Bournemouth. like Bournemouth, Fulham, and West Brom, and someone's like, "Oh, come on!" Jordan's like, "You gotta be kidding!" <laughs> it's literally just gonna be swapping back down to the championship for most of these teams. Um, we'll get that. We'll get to some of the other teams that'll be interesting. Yeah. But again, twenty-three shots Chelsea to Norwich's three. 13 shots on target to Norwich's one um, possession, 62% Chelsea, which is pretty normal for Chelsea, but just an absolute um, debacle of the game. Yeah. It's really, it's unfortunate because I mean, they literally have come up and just been, I mean, they're just a, like a tiny stone um, in the way of so many of these teams just running right through them. Um, they don't score. They can't defend. It's really just not very good for Norwich, uh, but it seems like this no. is always the case with them when they came up, they can't defend and now they really can't score. So it's, atrocious a horrible horrible combination um moving on to another team that should be a little concerned but uh, they've got a lot of money in the bag and matt i want to get your thoughts on this because jordan and i talked about uh newcastle's takeover and you haven't been on since newcastle's takeover uh newcastle tie with crystal palace one one um really not a ton in the match callum wilson continues to score christian Benteke. Um, doing one of his things where he just comes in and scores uh, and everybody forgets that he's on Crystal Palace. Uh, Matt, I kind of want to ask you about uh, uh, Newcastle as they sit 19th. They've got four points. Um, do you, what, you know, what are your thoughts on the takeover? Does anything change come January? And is this team going to be playing with, you know, like $200 million in transfer windows in the championship next year? Yeah. <laughs> um answer those questions one i don't think anything is changing with them until january but january will be a change um it's tough because it it's such a weird position it's not a good Mm -hmm. team that's getting taken over but at the same time i think it it depends on what coaches want do do coaches want a challenge or Mm -hmm. i don't think you can really get a top name right now because what top name wants to come to this team at this moment? They might want to come in January because they are going right, to it, – it's such a weird timing. Like the takeover happened at a weird time for a team that if it didn't happen, they were definitely going to probably – they were looking like um, – de, uh, not demotion, relegated. Wow. Um, <laughs> the problem with them is that why would a coach want to come to a team right now Mm-hmm. without the chance to make any changes. You know, this isn't Tuchel coming to Chelsea. You know, to, to Chelsea were at least, they had talent. It was just needing a coach. Newcastle don't have talent. And you don't even get to add talent until January. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is, by January, you might be putting yourself in such a bad position. Are you even going to have much of a shot? I, 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 I do feel there's, I don't think they're going to get relegated. And I think it has to do with the fact, I think Wofford are back. Um, even though they won this week, I think Watford are in a bad place. I think Leeds and Burnley are also in, in questionable places. It, there is a fight for it. They have a chance, but I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I kind of want to see him get relegated to see what happens. Yes. I hate saying that. Like, I kind of want to see what it's like to have a team with all those billions of dollars. Right. And all of a sudden they're in the championship. It's exciting for the. I know it's exciting for the fans. I I don't personally believe it's the best thing for the sport because mm-hmm. if they turn into a city or turn into you know if they turn into a city where they have all this money, yeah. I don't. I know I don't personally see the difference between. I'm on Jurgen Klopp's end of it where it's like 
you're kind of building a super league without calling it a super league because it's going to show money rules all. And that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the super league was money. Um, I don't know. It, there, it, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I have my opinions on it. I know sometimes people disagree with them. I don't think it's the best thing for the sport. It's good for the fans. But I also think, I kind of think they're going to get relegated because I don't know why any player at this point, this isn't the summer, you know, I think in the summer you have a better shot at getting players because you can mm-hmm. be like money and here you go. Everyone's on the same page. Yeah. But if they struggle and say they're in 19th, because they're not going to be in 20th because Norwich isn't getting above them, but they're in, say they're in 19th and they haven't gotten any, like maybe they have seven, eight points. Is that really going to be something somebody wants to go to? Like they might be able to get a couple of the best I could see them getting is veteran players who aren't really playing at their current clubs. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you could get somebody like at Liverpool, you could probably get someone like Oxlade Chamberlain. He's not going to play much. He would like probably a chance to play more and be still in the premier league and still be making good money. You could get a player like him if, if Liverpool have somebody to replace him, but that's all you're going to probably be able to get right now. And I don't think that's going to get you over the top. So, um, I mean, if you look at the stats of this game, it's 75% Crystal Palace possession, which is completely horrible. Uh, Newcastle just had 25%, uh, two shots on target. I mean, it, this team, it, it struggled last year. And we were actually, I mean, they were, they were falling and falling hard down the Premier League table mm-hmm. last year. This year, they're started down at the bottom where I think they rightfully deserve to be. Um, I think in that yeah. bottom five is where they end up. Uh, and, and I think they do fight for their lives. I mean, do you build this? Do you go young? Like, do you have to build this young? And I, I know it's funny because people keep saying, well, Mbappe, this and Mbappe. It's like Mbappe has no interest in playing in championship or in a bottom dwelling team for the next five years. So I don't think that that's going to be his next team. It's a project. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what everybody is going to have to realize. And I think especially closer to the fans that are, there is a chance they get relegated. And if they do get relegated, that is going to set them back to two years at least, you know, because you're yeah. going to have to get through, you're going to have to, honestly, you're going to have to get promoted. That's not yeah. always a guarantee either. Um, it, it's tough to see what they can really do. I, I do think their best course of action is getting a coach who at least has some sort of experience in the premier league. Um, what's the name? I, I see people say like Andre Villaboas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know who Fonseca exactly is. I know he's at Shakhtar right now, uh, or at least was. I, I don't know too much about him. I know Tottenham were looking at him. Um, but you're going to have to look at somebody like that. Or honestly, Frank Lampard. You know, you might yeah. be looking at a, a guy like him. Is he going to want to leave Bournemouth? Where, or no, he's not at Bournemouth. It's Scott Parker. Um, he's not coaching, is he? I just realized No, I don't think Lampard. so, no. No. He's, you know, he's probably the kind of coach you're going to need. Somebody who has experience or even Sam Allardyce maybe makes a return. You need somebody who's got Premier League experience. You're probably going to have to try to to risk a little bit, play some youngsters who have somewhat of potential over some of your more veteran players, somebody who's a little bit more hungry. And and it really is going to have to be in January. You're not going to get big names. You're going to get guys who are veterans who aren't playing as much at their clubs, who are a little bit higher up than you, who could probably – not they would be players who if you get relegated you're not going to feel the effect of losing them because they're probably going to have to get sold 
because they're not going to want to play in the championship. And that's where you get players like Oxlade-Chamberlain. Or I, I see a lot of um, Burnley's center back, I'm going to say Tarkowski, is like a, a rumor. Um, and he, to be honest with you, he's probably a good signing for them. They're going to have to do stuff like that. And, you know, you just need to be 17th. That's all they want at this point. They want to be 17th. They do not want to be in those bottom three spots. If you can keep them in the 17th, the next year you get to start bringing in maybe a little bit more talented players. You're not getting Mbappe or Halan or, you know, those guys aren't going to want to go there yet. But you can start building it. And I, I, one of the funny things is everyone's – something I keep seeing is everybody's like, who's going to be their Rabinho? You know, because I guess he was like City's big – big name veteran signing yeah. when they first started taking, you know, their takeover, who's going to be there, Rubinho. And it, it'll be fun to watch. I, I, I don't think we're going to get a good idea until January though. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we're going to have to see what route they go. Yeah. Their first window, it's around $200 million that they're allowed to spend. But again, like you said, there's not a lot of big purchases made January because all these guys with their clubs and nor do I think they're going to go after the big fish. Um, they're going to have to go after some of these guys that are in some of these slower tier t- leagues. I think that star there and then kind of build it up like city kind of did. Um, Steve Bruce was sacked last week after we got off the air. Uh, I think it was, uh, or at least we didn't mention it. So he's sacked. They're looking for a current manager. Um, no, I, I don't think that this manager is the one that's going to be part of the rebuild and, and no. from the ground up. I think, like you said, man, it'll be somebody that'll kind of just be a holdover for that next person to step in. Um, whoever that big name might be. But kind of moving on, Leeds United won, Wolves won. Leeds United gets a penalty in the 90-plus-4 minute, um, and they hang on uh, or just escape, I guess, with a point here against Wolves. Um, Matt, they were at Allen Road and almost lost to a Wolves team that isn't necessarily world beaters. Um, concerns here still with Leeds? Are we still kind of in that same spot to think that they might be battling for relegation too? Um. I, I guess I, I with Leeds, if they get at least relatively healthy, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot to worry about. Plus, not gonna lie, Burnley and Norwich are bad. No matter what you want to see, I think they are easily the bottom two at the end of the year. So Leeds are kind of in the same spot where I I think they have to reset their expectations. I think a lot of people, especially their fans, were thinking we could possibly fight for conference league you know we could be top seven top eight i think their expectations they just need to reset them to let's get somewhat healthy let's stay 17th or higher let's maybe get up to like 13th 14th which i do think they should be able to because i do believe a just somewhat healthy leads is better than southampton they're better than watford honestly i i could see brentford having like a little bit of a stumble at some point because eventually they will start losing points because it's going to be a bit more taxing on their players as time goes on. Uh, So I I don't think there's, I don't believe they need to worry, but I do think they need to get healthy because if, if they stay like this, then they're going to be fighting for 17th, 18th and not 13th, 14th, which is where I think fans would just be okay with at this point. Yeah, coming off a pretty strong year last year, um, and I guess heads up to Brentford for this year uh, going into next. But uh, again, I think they are starting to defend a little better. And like you said, I think they've, if you look at the bottom five, I, I really do think that they've got some of the talent that I think they need to stick around um, for another year. And I, I think at this point, you also look at the fact that if, if it doesn't go as well this year, you kind of look around and see 
maybe Bielsa Ball is not really made for Premier League um, and maybe see what you can do with that. But um, speaking of relegation, we're on relegation row here in the next like five, the last last three games, the next two games are relegation row, I'll call them. But Watford smash in Everton five to two. Um, <laughs> all this one coming. Uh, Joshua King had a hat trick, 13th, 80th and 86th minute. Um, because he's your household name that everybody will know. Uh, Watford, a uh, big win here. And Matt, you deem them relegated um, as far as uh, you're concerned, maybe. What makes them uh, a threat <laughs> for the championship next year uh, as they kind of get by a team that I think many thought were pre- – or it was a pretty shocking result to win 5-2 to against Everton at Goodison Park. Yeah. That was their first ever win there. Yeah. Um, my Watford, they're just a bunch of Watford are a bunch of players that have no game plan. They're almost like if United didn't have talented players, <laughs> um, they, they don't have a plan. They just kind of kick the ball around. There's no cohesion. And honestly, the managerial stuff, I, I, I personally hate how they handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have gotten a couple of, I don't want to say freak results, but, they beat Villa after scoring like three goals in a 10 minute span and holding on. They beat Everton by scoring four goals in like a 10, 15 minute span. That's not really something that you can sustain. And that's six of their 10 points came off of, in my opinion, fairly freak results. Mm-hmm. And I do think at the end of the year, you're seeing, you will see them in 19th or, you know, maybe 18th, but you can't survive off of that. They're they're the team that has lost five games, not one three. You know, you can tell they don't even draw games. They have one draw. Um, so they're basically win or lose, and two of those wins are just honestly out of out of thin air. They got crazy lucky, in my opinion, and that's that's the reason why. So Everton, uh, they sit eighth. Tied with uh, United for seven, well, actually tied with everybody for seventh. <laughs> um, is uh, I mean, that's a pretty clear indication, right, of the league it, where we kind of sit with the league. And we'll talk a little bit about this because we're getting ready to get to the two heavy hitters. Um, we've already talked about Chelsea, but that wasn't much of a result as far as uh, beating a Norwich team that is just absolutely a championship level team. Um, but I guess it, it does. It's kind of a clear indicator as to what the Premier League currently is. Um, and it kind of shows you, I guess, just how weak the bottom is now. I mean, we talked about last year mm-hmm. that we thought that the bottom was actually pretty decently stacked, um, aside from Sheffield. Um, this year seems to be the bottom five, bottom six are going to be constantly battling for uh, uh, their spot in the Premier League this year. Um, concerning for Everton, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like they can go any lower because there's just not enough teams around the bottom that could come up and get them. Yeah, it's... It is concerning. Um, I do think it's concerning to an extent because they're very, very injured. Um, mm-hmm. DCL is out. Uh, DCL is out. Um, or no, who's the other one I just saw recently? Uh, Richardson had been hurt. hurt. Is DeCorey out? was hurt. DeCorey, that was the one. DeCorey's yeah. out. Their best players are hurt. Their best players are better than other teams' best players, mm-hmm. especially the ones below them. Um, and I do think Rafa is a good enough manager to keep them going, but yeah. they need, they're similar to Leeds. They need to get healthy because I don't think they have any reason to worry, but they're also not good enough to be European contenders until they get players back. 
if they were healthy, I, I think they would be easily they if they had won that game, they would have been above United, they would have been above Tottenham. They they actually would have been tied for fourth. And that, that shows you. And I don't think that happens if they're healthy. They they have talent, they know that they can win, they have a manager that knows how to win. But they need to be healthy if they want to fight other than just being in that middle mess that is going to be the Premier League this season. Mm-hmm. Two more uh, kind of disappointing clubs, I guess. Uh, last year, Burnley was pretty disappointing. Uh, Southampton had some real good stretches last year, and then all of a sudden they fell completely off the table. And now they're both sitting down in that bottom five uh, area where we've talked about, um, I guess, relentlessly on this episode. But these two uh, get a draw. Um and again, Burnley not creating chances. Uh, it's kind of been their whole thing uh, ever since they've come up and they've stayed up. They just don't have enough in the attack. Southampton, while did create shots, can't put them away. Danny Ings not bang around anymore. Uh, kind of hurts them. And I, I know that Southampton's been dinged up a little bit. Premier League, it's just all sorts of dinged up. Um, <laughs> Jay Addison start. Got guys. Let's add another World Cup to it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so again, Burnley and Southampton. Matt, these two are realistically. Uh, I mean, they're probably in the relegation battle as well. Um, do you see anything else different than I do? Maybe, maybe a Southampton team not ready for no. the relegation. It's uh, pretty awful. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, Southampton. What I Southampton has potential. They have some players who are actually fun to watch. They have players who they've got Livermento. Um, he's been fantastic for Southampton. Mm-hmm. I like Shea Adams. I like Adam Armstrong. They have players where they can survive. Mm-hmm. Burnley, I don't see where they survive. They don't have a goal threat, and their big thing is defense, and their defense is bad. You know, at least Southampton. When you watch them, you go. I could see them getting a couple of big results. I could see them beating the teams that they're better than, which isn't a lot of teams, but mm-hmm. you know they're they have potential to do it. Burnley, it's almost like their best result's a draw, and I think if, when you go into a game and the best result you can come up with is a draw, even against a team like Southampton, you're probably not having a good season. And I just I don't see it with them. Yeah, it's it's really too bad. I mean, it, Burnley. I, I think has been on the cusp of relegation for years. And I do think that this might finally be the year they get sent back down to championship. Uh, they really were not very good last year. Uh, they just don't create any attack and they're not going to go by players. And that's been a big, it's been a big conversation piece with Burnley. And I know that they've been frustrated because they've not been able to pull in any talent just because they just don't look to spend as much as they should. Um, Sean Dyche is there and he, and I think Sean Dyche is a good coach. I think he's coached his team. That's probably not as good as, you know, staying up in the Premier League as long as they've had. Um, I think that they he's playing with a championship-level team and he's somehow survived Premier League. So, again, I, I think Burnley, it's in, it, they're in some real danger this year just because I think some of these other teams do have some bright spots, like you said. Um, but moving on, uh, past the relegation row and into uh, a Man City team that beat Brighton, who were, I think, currently – they're currently sitting – Fifth, I want to say, yeah, fifth. Yeah, I think fifth. they were fourth going into the match. Uh, but City manhandled Brighton, um, my two teams, <laughs> battling <laughs> it out. Uh, Phil Foden probably had his bet one of his best games that he's played as a City player. He looked completely dominant on the ball. 
um, creating in the midfield. He's really kind of fallen into this false nine and, and fallen in love with it. They interviewed him after the game, and he talked about how much it gives him the ability to create. Um, and while he's creating, it seems that uh, Jack Grealish has struggled tremendously on the other side uh, to create. So hopefully City can get that figured out. But I, honestly, I, I thought, you know, looking at the game, it was 4-1, to one, but I thought Brighton actually played decently well, especially in the second half. They really kind of – stifled city um city were only up three nil and it, it looked like brighton were knocking on the door to try to get back into it a little bit um and i thought that they played extremely well i think their biggest thing they just don't have the attack that they need um to get back into games like this and it shows here against city um who defend pretty well uh but i, I thought brighton played an outstanding second half city a good first half and that was all she wrote um yeah not really much to say it, I guess. yeah it's a, it's a tale of two talents Mm -hmm. you know city can dominate a half and be up three nil brighton can play well in a half and against a team like city Mm -hmm. they draw the half you know that's i think that's where the the discrepancy in talent in premier league this season is going to be incredibly noticeable with those Mm -hmm. top three teams and honestly they all proved it this past week in in different ways um because i don't think brighton is an easy team to beat and mm-hmm. you know liverpool play them on this upcoming saturday and a lot of people are actually more concerned about brighton than they are more united um fan wise because brighton are well drilled they don't have the same talent level as some of these teams in terms of players but potter's a good coach they they do play well it looks like the problem really against city was they kind of tried to be a little bit more than what they are and city was able to just jump on that you know you can't open up your attack against a team like city because city out of all the teams as those top three even though city have the less the least amount of goals between chelsea liverpool and city i still see city as the one team where if they are on it they score four or five six goals against anybody it doesn't even matter who it is yeah, I think what you said is right. It's a tale of two talents. Um, not so much for these next two clubs. Two clubs that sit, I mean, you know, for fourth and sixth, uh, Tottenham and West Ham um, might be the cream of the crop for that, like that four to six area right now, uh, as far as West Ham and Tottenham are concerned. But Tottenham hadn't played extremely well. Harry Kane only has one goal in eight matches. Um, West Ham back up into fourth. Matt, do you think that they push for Champions League here again? Because I think you've got a United team that uh, might not be as good as West Ham is. Uh, yeah, honestly, the way things are going, I, yeah. I I know a lot of the questions surrounding West Ham is is going to be depth in terms of mm-hmm. more games because they do have to play more. And I I, I believe they're in Conference League, and I want to yeah. say they're you know, they're at least first. I know they lost their most recent game, but they they were fine the last uh, the first two. In regards to it, out of the teams, they're the only one that have shown some semblance of being a good team. You know, they're not, they're the only team outside of the top three that aren't either plus two or lower in goal differential, which means they're figuring something out. You know, they definitely have an attack that can score, they have a defense that can somewhat hold off goal scorers. Um, And Tottenham, Tottenham are weird, man. (laughs) They. I don't know. Personally, I Tottenham feel like a team with no idea what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they have Harry Kane and they have Son, and both of those players can win you games no matter what happens. 
And the fact that they're the only team without even a draw in the Premier mm-hmm. League, I think, is kind of proof to that. They're feast or famine. They're going to either win a game or they're going to end up – every time they lose, it looks like they are just so overmatched. Yeah. But their wins – they don't look like their wins are dominating. They look like when they win, they pull it out of their hat. When they lose, they get run riot over. And I, they're a team that, even though they're in sixth, if I was a fan, I would be – I don't know what I'd be looking forward to, if that makes any sense. No, no, yeah, I get it. I, I just don't know. Like, it, Harry Kane warranted a huge price tag, didn't get it this summer. City were trying their best to try to rip him away from Tottenham. I, I don't know if it's uninspired play, if it's, you know, that that fact that I don't want to be here anymore, or if it's kind of like a middle finger to Levy. Like, it, I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough to understand exactly just the way he really played, but it doesn't seem like he's fully into it most of the time. It's a a weird style of play that he has. Yeah. It's, it's not good. I, I I don't, I guess I, being a Liverpool fan is weird because the majority, all these years that they've been like good, they don't have a striker, you know, Mm -hmm. Firmino is a, he's a false nine and he's one of the best at doing it but he's not a striker. And so it, it is interesting watching a team with just an outright striker. And to be honest, when I watch it, I go, I know Liverpool really couldn't do it that way mm-hmm. because that's not their system. And I, I guess I've never fully been on the Kane bandwagon to begin with yeah. because he's generally been pretty much non-existent against Liverpool. And that's obviously the main team I watch. Um, and I just, at this point, I don't think he wants to be there. I almost feel like Nuno doesn't want to be there because he wasn't first choice. He was like fifth choice. Um, the only ones that really looked super dedicated, it's Sun. And I actually hate the fact that he's on Tottenham because I think he deserves to be on a Chelsea or Liverpool or City. Give him a chance to like go out there and win something because I don't think it's going to happen at Tottenham. It'll be interesting to see what happens in January. I think that, honestly, realistically, I think that this is a team that you could actually see some, maybe some movement out of, of the club mm-hmm. in January, which uh, doesn't typically happen for some of these big names. But at this point, you've got to be frustrated if your son or Kane and I son, uh, he signed a new contract, and Kane's been in talks to try to extend if he's just going to be forced to stay there. I don't know uh, what his contract situation will look like here coming uh, down the pipeline, but it doesn't look good for Tottenham. Um, Moving on to Brentford, our boys, uh, Matt's boys, uh, the Bees, they, they've been really good. They do lose the Leicester here 2-1. But that being said, uh, lots of praise being thrown at Brentford. Um, their yeah. losses have come at home, uh, which have been, you know, really tough teams that they've lost to. Um, they made Chelsea stand on their head, uh, I think it was last week. Um, Edward Mendy, without him, I think Brentford wins that game. Um, and the bees have looked really impressive, Matt. Uh, I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen much of this, or I know you've gotten to see more of them probably than a lot of these other teams. Um, is it really just defense and attack? Is it everything working together? Is it you know better it's, attack and less defense? But it's it it's a team that is it, it's a lot of it's about coaching, and I, I think yeah. a lot of it's also about team. It, it sounds kind of corny, but it's team morale. It's it's mm-hmm. consistency within the team. It's you know, one of the things, and kind of going back to Liverpool, Liverpool might not be – they don't have the best depth. They don't have, you know, they don't they don't have the depth of a City or Chelsea. But you know what they have? They have a team that wants to – they have a team that has played together and made consistency 
with each other. They, you know, we joke about the hugs and all that other stuff, but like they, they almost are like a family in terms of it. And I don't think you get that a lot in soccer because a lot of soccer is taking players from different places and just trying to build a team, especially the bigger teams. They find talented players, spend a bunch of money on them and just kind of like place them in a spot and bring in a big coach that knows how to handle stars. And that's not bad. That's honestly, that's how you win. You have talented players with a talented coach. Um, but Brentford are the reason I think I like them a little bit is that they remind me of a Liverpool. They, they stay within their means. They have a coach who has bought into a specific system that Brentford players have also bought into specifically. And they, they run it well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's probably been a little rough because they have lost two in a row. They lost to Chelsea, which is nothing to be upset about because a yeah. lot of people are going to lose to Chelsea this year. They lost to Leicester who, you know, they ended up, it was a pretty even game. But in the end, sometimes this is going to be the thing and why we talked about how important it was. They got points early on, mm-hmm. and that's important because this is going to happen. You know, they will go up against teams where even if they play them evenly, those teams have better players. And sometimes right. it really is just having the better player. Tielemans is probably better than anybody on Brentford. Mm-hmm. James Madison on his day is better than anybody on Brentford. And it's nothing against the Brentford players. It's just these guys are talented and they've done this for years and this is this this team's first chance getting to show it um and and honestly when two two teams are evenly matched it's usually the team with the higher talented players that end up coming out and nothing to be it it seriously is nothing to be upset about if if i was a brentford fan i I think they're incredibly safe because they're going to get points against the bad teams I, i don't believe they will be losing to teams like newcastle or norwich i think they they'll handle those teams um but you know, these, these will happen. And I think it's just learning experiences for their team and manager. Yeah. And you made a really good point. Um, if you look back to their schedule, uh, they beat Arsenal to start in week one. They then play Crystal Palace and I'm just doing Premier League. Uh, they did Crystal Palace. They had to play Aston Villa, Brighton. They've also had to play Wolves. They played Liverpool. They played West Ham. They played Chelsea. They played Leicester. I mean, those are all teams ahead of them right now. If you look at the standings, they're all teams ahead of them. If you look at their next stretch of games, Matt, EFL Cup, um, sixteen uh, round of 16, um, they, they care about. They play uh, Stoke City in the round of 16, which I do think they should advance to the round of eight. Um, then they go on to play Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle, Everton, Tottenham, Leeds, Watford, and then they finally play United, but then bounce right back and play Southampton. Those are all really winnable games, I think. Um, which yeah, is great. You it'll be make points up in this, you know, stretch and, and yeah. get up into the top ten. That's where it will be important. If after those games we notice that they have, say, they lose most of them and maybe mm-hmm. a couple of draws, I think then yeah, we can change what we're thinking on them. Mm-hmm. But of those games, they should be winning at least half of them. And and what we've said, like 30 points, 30, 35 points is generally mm-hmm. going to keep you safe. That's already putting you over halfway. That's putting you into the 20, 25 yeah. range. Yeah. And at that point, you still have to face these teams a second time. So um, like I said, I'm rooting for them. Honestly, I thought their game against Liverpool was one of my favorite games to watch, even though it ended in a draw. But I, it proved to me that they're, they're correct for being up here. And this is why I think we were all excited to finally see like some fresh faces up here because it's not fun watching Norwich. It's not fun watching Watford again. It's not going to be fun watching Fulham and Bournemouth. Sorry, Fulham and Bournemouth fans, but like it was nice to see a team like Brentford come up. And that's why I want to see more of this team. We don't see because you don't know what they're capable of. And 
I think that's part of the excitement is that nobody knows what these teams are capable of. When Norwich was up last time, they had the same coach. <laughs> so, like, what what's the difference? Yeah. Like, it, you went into it going, all right, this is not a different team. Right. <laughs> so, just play them the same way. And that's how Liverpool played them. It was like, oh, yep, this is the exact same team. It's just a different year. Yeah, Thomas Frank's done a great job. Like you said, it, it's, it comes down to coaching. And a lot of these teams don't have good coaches. I think Thomas Frank will, will put his name – into some conversations here if he keeps continuing. I mean, he's really done well with Brentford. Uh, I know last year when we talked about Brentford, they were, I think, I want to say they were one of the bottom teams that got uh, into that final playoff game where they, if they would have won against Fulham, they would have been promoted and Fulham had played pretty mm-hmm. well. Um, and he almost coached them to, he should have won that game. Uh, we all yeah. watched that, but um, finally gets them up to the Premier League. And I can tell you their fan base is passionate. Their stadium is while they've lost two against really good teams uh, at home, I think that they've gotten some really good fan support uh, and they play in London. So I think that they've got a good chance to stay up and, and make some noise and add some more noise to what is already a crowded London. Um, I do want to get to the game that was heard around the world. Um, and this is your team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool absolutely Honestly, annihilate yeah. Manchester United. Um Navigate a fifth minute, Diego Costa, or Costa. Navigate dude. Yeah, Navigate. Uh, he had he scores in the fifth minute. Diego Jota, thirteenth minute. Mohamed Salah, the king of Egypt, thirty eighth minute, forty five plus five minute, fiftieth uh, minute. He gets the hat trick. Um, Matt, I got a lot of questions here for you. Um, where would you like to start? Do we? Let's start with Liverpool. <laughs> let's start with Liverpool. <laughs> I don't think there's much even to talk about with. Okay, I got a couple though for with. Okay, one with Liverpool. I got one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mohamed Salah, ten goals, five assists. Is he? I consider him right now the best player in Europe. Is he the best player in Europe right now? Yeah, and you and it. It's because I think difference between Salah this year and Salah the other years Mm -hmm. when he has the ball at his feet. The other years you were like something could happen and obviously he's good at scoring this year you're like if he has the ball at his feet you're almost like i think he's gonna score like i don't yeah. care where it is like yeah. i he might do something you know it happened in the first goal against atletico madrid yeah um it was literally like his first touch and it was outside the box and i'm like he cuts in and i was like you actually can find a picture where before he kicks it virgil van dyke's hands are up like he's already celebrating and it's like you just expect him to score and it's crazy because he's never done – this is not the same. Even his first season was not like this. This is almost – this is unheard of. He has more goals at Old Trafford than Ronaldo does this yeah. season. He has the first ever hat trick at Old Trafford by a away player ever. No one's ever done that. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy, but his skill set does allow him to continue doing this because you look at Messi, who's in his mid-30s. He still is amazing. He still has – it's his technical ability with his feet. It's the way he can strike a ball. It's his movements. It's his positioning. And Salah has all that. Yes, he's strong and he's fast, and he will lose that as time goes on. But if you have the other things and you have players, I, to be honest with you, I think another big thing is having Trent become continuously more uh, world-class. I think that helps because now when you face Liverpool, you have Salah and Trent, Alexander-Arnold, on the same side. So it's almost like, how do you defend that? It's, it's really, really tough really to don't. defend it. Yeah. And 
I think him becoming better is making Salah better. And it's, it's amazing. Honestly, you just, you can just tell when he's playing, you're like, he's going to score. And even, even that game, I was like, I, he's going to score. Like I, I was just like ready for it. He had a world-class goal against city too. I mean, the, the guy has just been unbelievable. It's- I looked up the stats and Lewandowski and I think Lewandowski's got nine goals or 10 goals and Halan has 10 goals. But he doesn't. They don't create like Mohammed does. Mohammed, everything yeah. goes through him. It's like he's he's like Bruno. He's like KDB. He's like Halan meshed into one. <laughs> like he's that's it, like the ideal player right now. It, and and that's the crazy thing is that like you just named two strikers. Mm-hmm. Those guys are supposed to score goals. Right. Salah's a winger. Yeah. He's not a striker. He's a winger, and he's still doing all this. And I think that's yeah. what when you do watch it, it's the first goal like. Yeah, he scores goals, but then you see things like look at the first goal against Watford. Mm-hmm. That was him passing it to Mane. The first goal against City, that was him passing it to Mane. And his pass, like I don't personally remember him being that good at passing until this season. He was good, but like this season, it's been it's been just another it's it's another freaking world. And it's funny because um, after the City game, I think he he tweeted or Instagrammed a photo saying like, you know. We're, we're going to keep going. Like we're going for titles. And it was funny because all Liverpool fans were like, when he tweets a photo and he says something, he backs it up because he tweeted something back in like March of last year when things were bad going mm-hmm. like, we're getting you back. We're going to, we're going to finish strong and Liverpool didn't lose another game. And then everyone saw this tweet and they were like, Oh crap, we're going to win four trophies this year. <laughs> He's going to make sure it happens. He's got probably, I would argue, one of the best coaches in Europe, if not the best coach in Europe. Uh, I still would give Tuchel a lot of credit right now. Um, but again, I, I think, honestly, and Jordan would hate me maybe for saying this, but, uh, but no, no, I guess he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> pr- Premier League-wise, uh, and maybe out of the top five that you and I and all of us talked about, I would say Liverpool, to be fair, I mean, they seem to be doing it with, I would argue sometimes uh, not the best team in the whole, on, on, at least on paper. I would argue no. that, that City's more talented, that C- or that Chelsea's more talented. Uh, maybe PSG and Bayern, but it, I think it'd be a toss-up between defenders because I think Liverpool has way better defenders than Bayern does. Um, yeah. But again, I, I think that when you look at it, man, I think it's more impressive the fact that Klopp does this with a team that – I'm not sure. Man, I think so many people just want to put them in like a the the three, like I did. Like uh, Jordan put, we put I did too. Well, well, we put them to four. You put them in the three. Oh, yeah. and you're a fan, and like you putting them in the three. I mean, Klopp does I, things with this team that I just don't know if many can do this with this team. I I was thinking about that too because I was like, and I I still at that time would I wouldn't have changed it from three, yeah. and I, I the reason why is yes, injuries happened last year at an mm-hmm. enormous rate. It was it was almost unheard of yeah it, it was unheard of that's not how things usually go this season you know Kanate started and he mm-hmm. hadn't started a game in like a month and he came in and it was like flawless he he played honestly i i wouldn't be shocked if van dyke and Kanate are the the mm-hmm. go pair going forward i love matip i love joe gomez both of them have a bit of an injury history that is not as consistent than the other two yeah. And Kanate is look, he's the same height and build as Van Dyke. He's actually bigger when you look at him. He's bigger than Van Dyke. Right. Um, and he moves at the same pace. He passes at the same skill level. Three felt right because I think starting 11 wise, I don't think there is actually a team better. I do think when everyone's healthy, 
I don't think you can find starting 11 better. However, it's sports. Mm-hmm. No one's ever always healthy and their depth is definitely not as good. You know, I don't think right. that's where that's they lie. The wor- yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. worried because right now they do have five midfielders injured. Mm-hmm. The only midfielders that are healthy are Jordan Henderson, who's got injury issues. Mm-hmm. Ox- Oxley Chamberlain, who's got injury issues and Curtis Jones. Um, you know, Fabinho and Tiago should be back fairly soon. And they don't think Kate's injury is as serious. They think it might be like a bruise. That's good. Um, and, you know, to be fair, Harvey Elliott's already doing exercises, putting weight on his ankle. So he could be back too before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting. They, they're, they're playing more. They are playing as good as I've ever seen them under Klopp. I don't think even in the year they won the title where they went undefeated the first 20 something games, I've never seen them play with this level. Yeah. All right. So let's get into Manchester United. And, and you alluded to everything the, I said was opposite for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nabi Keita. I want to get your thoughts on that one. Uh, and obviously this was a really dirty tackle. Like the, this was really bad. And they, they've been really chippy all game, six yellow cards and one red card. Pogba gets the red card in the 60th minute but it was long over before then. Yeah. Um, this was more, it, Matt, this was more frustration. Ronaldo about stomped all over. I forget who it was. That was Curtis Jones. Around. Yeah, Curtis yeah. Jones. He stomps on him and, and he should have been shown red, but wasn't because he's Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, he mm-hmm. does, you know, he, he's been struggling uh, in the Premier League. He's got three goals, but it hasn't really done much since the beginning of the season. And they haven't been great goals. They haven't been Ronaldo-esque. Um you know, what are your thoughts on uh, just kind of how dirty they are? Is the frustration based on how they play? Um, is Ole in trouble? Is this team in trouble? I think part of part of what happened yesterday, I, I actually think the ref lost control yeah. to an extent. Because, um, yeah, most, of, most players would get red carded for what Ronaldo mm-hmm. did. But I also think Liverpool have a bit of cockiness to them this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they have which I actually like because I felt like they lacked it last year and they had it the previous years of before that, where you watch them and get kind of pissed off at the players because they're like doing a little extracurricular stuff or they like, mm-hmm. you know, they back, them. they back their play, they back their teammates. So, but at the same time, I think there is a lot of frustration for, for that. That is their biggest rivalry game. I know United city is a huge game, yeah. but it's only been as relevant in recent years when city became good. Mm-hmm. United and Liverpool have been a rivalry 60s 70s 80s 90s 2000s it's, it's a game where it forms out the window it's honestly it's like one of the hard, it, it's a lot to watch especially as a Liverpool fan like I don't personally ever think they'll even get a win at Old Trafford when they go because I'm like no matter how bad United are playing it they just seem to struggle and to be losing that quickly to your probably biggest rivals to an extent I think that leads to frustration that was already pent up because of how they've been playing mm-hmm. but to be honest this was Liverpool were the first really big team that United had to face. Yeah. And United's issue is that they are a great team. If you built them on FIFA, because in FIFA, you control the team, you control the players, you can put players in places and just go like this works because Jaden Sancho's 85 <laughs> rated. And that's, that's good. Or Cristiano Ronaldo is 90 rated and you can put them up top and it's not going to affect anything, mm-hmm. but they are built so poorly to the point where I've, I read this a lot with Ronaldo. Ronaldo is almost city wanting to purchase Ronaldo might yeah. be like one of the biggest like 
tricks they could ever <laughs> they didn't need Ronaldo but now you can't bench Ronaldo mm-hmm. if he's struggling because fans are going to see him if yeah. you bench him and you lose what's the big headline on a Ole Gunnar Sarpscher benches Ronaldo and they lose if you play him and he struggles yeah it, it's not going to be a part of the headline but you're going to look at it and go we couldn't take him off because he's Cristiano Ronaldo mm. you can't bench him because he's Cristiano Ronaldo but Apparently, and this is with the Aventus fans, they didn't enjoy having Ronaldo because Ronaldo needs the team built around his abilities. Mm-hmm. And yes, he still scored tons of goals, but apparently the Aventus fans were like, it wasn't fun watching them play because they had to play as if Ronaldo was the focal point. And mm-hmm. it, I don't personally believe a 36-year-old striker who doesn't have a lot of skill in terms of defense or tracking back and his main ability is poaching against the best center backs in the league, the best, the best league itself. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even concerned because I was like, I don't think he could out muscle a single Liverpool defender. I was like, I, I honestly went to that game going. The only player I was worried about was Bruno. Yeah. It's, it's just a bad situation. And we've said it before. They're a team that has no, they have no tor- sort of game plan. Their game plan is hope Bruno, Ronaldo, Rashford, or whoever else is up top Greenwood makes one crazy good play because mm-hmm. that's how they score. And then they, they win on the last second flute goal and people think everything's great. And then you play a good team and you get just, they've lost two straight games at old Trafford to premier league teams and lost them nine to two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how Ole keeps his job. Um, but again, we'll we'll harp on this more. Um, I know Matt's got to go soon, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just Ole's just not sure of what to do. He's got too many moving pieces. He's got too many chess pieces, and he's playing checkers. Um, I don't really know uh, how you fix it besides tearing it down completely. I mean, it it's a mess. Um, he's a mess, and there's just no system that he plays with that's effective besides just putting two double pivots and hoping and praying that, like you said, Bruno Rashford or Cristiano go off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, looking forward to this weekend. Um, there's a couple games that I, I guess we can kind of highlight, but um, nothing too crazy. Like I'm looking through the fixtures, and it's nothing. You know, it's not like one of your top premier games that you would pick out. No, but, I was gonna say. I, th- I think I was looking at it, and it's not the most yeah. thrilling weekend. No, no, it's a lot of. Uh, I guess there's a couple games, but Tottenham Man United. Yeah, maybe. that'll be an interesting one because if they lose at Tottenham. It could get ugly, uh, and they keep backing. They keep backing Ole. They think that he must be the answer to some some question. It's not the I, who's a good manager question, but I think it's hard <laughs> because I think it's hard because they came in second. He's a former player. I, I and to be honest, I they throw out some names and I keep reading stuff about it, and it's like Man. a lot of people that I trust in terms of analysis and soccer are saying Conte doesn't work at United because they don't have the players that he needs. That's true. That his formation wouldn't work. Apparently, Zinedine Zidane doesn't speak English. Oh, yeah, that would be. I didn't know that, but apparently wow. he doesn't, and so that's I guess part of the reason why I think I mean he's French, so he definitely speaks French. I don't know if he mm-hmm. speaks Spanish, but he apparently doesn't speak English. And so that's like kind yeah. of an issue with him is that it's tough to go to England and coach, even if your players aren't English, right. but you don't speak English. Um, I don't know how true that is. Obviously that's a different one. The Conte thing is something I, I trust because people are like, he wouldn't, he doesn't work there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I even read somebody said if Conte was there, um, Maguire and Shaw wouldn't be playing because they yeah. don't fit into a system. And it's like they're they're in a tough spot. And I am more than thrilled with it because I hate you. <laughs> Seems like a Brendan Rodgers or a Thomas Frank uh, destination. That's what I keep. Thinking. Brendan Rodgers is a yeah. he. It's a good shout, and honestly, mm. I could see like a Thomas Frank going to a Luster if that mm. was the case. Mm. Do I think Rodgers is kind yeah. of taking a demotion if he goes to United? Yeah, because I, I do still think Luster are positioned better. Um, but again, if you find a coach that knows how to put a team together and have some sort of game plan, I, United would end up fine. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that's that is Ole's problem. He does not have a game plan. They need to find one quickly because they're sitting uh, uh, tied with uh, a bunch of other teams in seventh um, and could fall all the way down in the bottom half of the table. If they're not it's got to it's got to really suck for their fans because you're watching yes. City. City have Pep. Pep is yeah. world renowned. People yeah. know Pep. You, you know, Chelsea have Thomas Tuchel, who I don't think is as big of a name, but recently he's still mm-hmm. he's becoming one. He's mm-hmm. he is a top five coach and Liverpool have Jurgen Klopp. Like it's your three biggest rivals have three of the best coaches in all of Europe. And it's like, right. and it's almost that, that almost makes it harder because it's not like you, you're not going to sway those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't sway them. You're not going to be like, Oh, come to United and, and join us. No, they're happy where they're at. And they, they could be coaching there for years. Right. All right. So kind of looking ahead to the weekend, uh, Leicester against Arsenal at King Power Stadium at 7.30. Burnley will go and play at Turf Moor at home against Brentford at 10 a.m. Liverpool, 10 a.m. against Brighton at Anfield. Man City against Crystal Palace at 10 at the Etihad. Newcastle against Chelsea at St. James Park. Uh, Watford in Southampton, uh, a battle for the bottom. Uh, uh, Visseridge Road. That's such a fun word. Mm Um, uh, and then Spurs <laughs> against Manchester United at 12:30 at Tottenham Hotspur uh, Stadium, as Rebecca Lowe would say. And then Sunday on Halloween, the Scaries come out. Norwich defense plays against Leeds. Bielsa Ball, Carroll Road. Uh, that could get ugly. <laughs> that could get really ugly. Maybe um, Austin or Austin. Yeah, Austin Villa. Uh, that's a new team. Uh, Aston Villa 12:30 against West Ham at Villa Park. And then Monday, another Monday game, four o'clock. Um, this is oh yeah, this we're getting near that time where like the games get all shifted around because they're not quite on the daylight saving time schedules we are. But Wolves, no, I was gonna say uh, they they go through it before we do. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Wolves four o'clock against Everton at uh, Molyneux, uh, and I think that does it. Uh, Matt, any last uh, questions, comments, concerns, gripes, complaints? Um, maybe shout out how great uh, I am at this hosting and Jordan. Is not um, Matt. Matt would be <laughs> um, no, but uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll see what uh, Jordan has to say when we have him back on uh, with the uh, Norwich situation. Um, but nothing really, uh, I guess, is breaking. I know that Premier League is getting close to hopefully finalizing a TV deal again, but uh, it's kind of scary that Paramount uh, seems to be the team that they're all going to go with, but. Other than that, I think that that does it for us. Unless, Matt, you have anything else? No? All right. Well, you can find us at uh, the Stop It Show uh, over on Twitter. I think that's what we are over on Twitter. Um, And I don't know the the rest of the handles because I don't see them. So um, it's been fun (laughs) hosting. And Jordan will hopefully be back (laughs) next week because he runs a more tight ship than I do. Um, But this has been fun, Matt. And I hope you uh, enjoy your Boma and eat all the food. See you in two weeks. 
Yeah, it'll be fun. So thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you again next week. Kane has stolen it to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.